0: Welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast in the midst of, I mean, easily one of the craziest weeks European soccer has ever seen. A civil war between UEFA and the, its major clubs with new updates coming at any moment. Uh, just as we recorded this, Chelsea have said that they plan to withdraw from the Super League that just a few days ago seemed like an absolute certainty. There are mass fan demonstrations at that stadium. Absolute craziness. We've got Turner joining us, who, I mean, we have been talking endlessly about this since the news dropped. And I know, Turner, we recorded an episode earlier this year when the first rumors of this new iteration of the Super League dropped, sort of calling out the influence of American billionaires and venture capitalists on the sport. Um, so Turner, I mean, I we'll, we'll start by like sort of describing what this league is in a bit, but just immediate thoughts on what just happened the news that Chelsea planned to withdraw or, and that it does seem that fan pressure has d- achieved something that it sort of seems like a lot of people have discounted ever happening.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see what, I, I think the real question is what are the ramifications if it doesn't happen? Um, I think that's really where the questions have been for me is what will everything, I think the scary part is within a day it seemed to a lot of us football fans who truly care um, that the normal, the normalcy that we had come to know as everyday football, albeit uh, domestic league play and um, European qualification to uh, UEFA's two competitions. It just seemed like that was never gonna be the same again. Like after the news that it broke on Sunday, that reality was never to be the same. Just be it by, um, again, the, there there have been these rumors forever. Uh, this is not super surprising, but they've never come into fruition. And, and there hasn't been um, an outlining of what the possible consequences would be um, to these clubs uh, in terms of, the ramifications of whether they still participate in domestic league competition whether what what the like what the you know what the um the punishment should be so for me it was just scary because i mean we'll we'll get in this but yeah i, I think uh, it'll be interesting um whether chelsea uh, will be able to escape some of these measures by because they're the first ones to leave um I really don't see how it survives with with one of the, especially with the English teams. I really don't mm-hmm. see how it survives with one team leaving, especially if city or, or you know the second team leaves. Um, because it really it seems like its success is determined by the top this narrative of the top six existing. Um, throughout the past, you know we, there's always been this top six narrative and, and again, Tottenham's really entered that discussion past 2010. Uh, in terms of fan base, in terms of um, domestic success, in terms of European success. Uh, and while, of course, teams try uh, every year in the Premier League, teams can um, disrupt that top six narrative, um, this seemed like it was an agreement among the, the owners who acknowledge that their teams are more successful or not even more successful, but just more popular and more wealthy than the others. Uh, and so um i don't know the ins and outs it definitely seems like our owner Cronky, was at the forefront of a lot of these developments so um i doubt he'll i you know he's not going to give up give up without a fight i i don't know there's just so much to talk about um it's it's almost it's very overwhelming super emotional but i don't know what i don't know i mean we can talk about this Chaz. i don't know what you want to talk about first but um they're not going to let these teams off. Like, I don't, I, I think, well, will look good on Chelsea that they've done it first. And if this whole, if that creates this domino effect of um, teams pulling out, you know, will I just think that yeah. what, what will the punishment look like? Will we, yeah. is there a return to normalcy? Cause that's my main question and my main fear and not that it, they, there should be a return to normalcy because these teams deserve punishment for uh, what their actions, but, is this like I don't know that, that that's that's my main question. But what are what are your reactions? I mean, I'm sure you're pretty proud of your team, your club. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, I think there are a couple of things, and you just t- talked about it. I think the, and we'll talk about the longstanding impact of this, at, I think near the end of the show about what will the ramifications be for the clubs, and also, is this a symbol that fan advocacy? has and player advocacy has a lasting impact on the game and like can this be a word of watershed moment because you know while the super league has done the impossible and made uefa look like the good guys the system is broken and the structural inequality that manifests in the game existed before and will continue to exist after the super league and you know lost in a lot of this is you know the uefa proposal which was to basically create a sort of Super League that just wasn't as closed off as this one. So I think all of that is to be said, um, just on the first Chelsea note, before we get into just the details of this and break it down piece by piece, I am proud of this decision. You know, I do think that this was a decision that did require some level of courage. My understanding of the process was that Chelsea and Manchester City were the last two club English clubs in, and they were very much not the leaders on it. They did make this decision at the end. And I do think that they should be, you know, I think even while they made the decision to pull out, this is still a bad thing that they participated in. And it's a motivation that's not going to go away. Like there is going to still be a desire for the richest owners in football from the biggest teams to continue to close off the sport, to make them more money and the rest not. That will continue to happen. And so it's not, it's the small battle might be won. The war is certainly... Certainly not over. So I think that this is something that will continue to happen that we need to continue to fight for. I do want to start, and I know you said that there's so much to talk about. Just breaking it down block by block. And I think the first thing is what is this proposal? Um, and the proposal is, you know, as you said, it involves six Premier League teams, three from Italy, three from Spain. Uh, It is the traditional big six. It's Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus. It's Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid. There are apparently three teams that have not announced yet. No one knows who these three teams could be because it seems like every possible option has said that they're not the team. You know, Bayern and PSG are not going to join. Ajax are not going to join. Maybe it's, you know, Galatasaray, Fernabache. I, I don't even know who could possibly be in. And then five teams that could theoretically qualify, a very abstract concept. And this would take place midweek. It would replace the um, the Champions League and would not uh, replace the domestic leagues. But as you said, all of the domestic leagues said that if a team were to participate in the Super League, that they would be barred from participating in the domestic league. And the second thing that's happened is UEFA, who are the most threatened by the Super League as the Champions League, is their big money maker along with the Euros have said that the players would be banned from participating in their domestic leagues as well as international breaks. So that was the sort of civil war. That's the day, you know, the president of UEFA said this is a declaration of war. And he said a lot of other things that will break down. But just from that first moment, the idea of making a closed thing in football, a historically open sport, trying to create the NBA for European soccer, the NFL, an American franchise model that protects the investments of owners away from the relegation, a way of having to not sell as many tickets when you have to play Burnley. Turner, what do you think that that threatens about the global game? Like, when we talk about the existential threat to soccer that the Super League poses, what is that to you?
1: I mean, I think it's what makes soccer so unique. It makes what... Follow like uh, especially compared to as you mentioned um the nba the nfl all these american leagues and how they're set up um and how americans consume uh sports and and the media of sports um it's always felt very separate football has been so separate from that model um because uh yeah the the, the I mean it really for this it all just ties to the domestic leagues i think is is really where it touches on i the champions league is already so messed up and not that the Premier league isn't i mean the Premier league has loads of corruption and i mean we see that with uh non-big six teams not being able to be bought out by uh massive corporations uh basically to protect the top six interests because they, they don't want any newcomers in that uh department but uh you know, like the what 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 makes soccer special is, is the fear of relegation, um, the fear the 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 happiness that comes with promotion, uh, and that no team is safe. No team is safe. Any every season, um, anything is possible. Any team can make it to the Champions League. Any team, uh, can can get demoted. Uh, and you know the English division is 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 the English English. Uh, football pyramid it is almost 20. I looked it up yesterday. It was a, uh, it's uh there's 150 leagues with 400, over 480 divisions. Essentially, if you uh, and your, your, your mates uh, can create enough, get enough funding um, and, and basically locate your, your club to a region, you can apply through tournaments uh, and merit um, to enter the lowest division, right? Um, and and work your way from there that doesn't exist in 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 anywhere in any other sport uh let alone in in america it's it's a foreign concept that um the on the you know like that that uh that there's a an avenue to professional sports um without necessarily being a professional right uh to start with and um that is what makes that 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 mean that's insane. Like, that is the best. That I mean, and, and not I'm not acting like Charles and I are watching nineteenth division English football. But but the the fact that, that the grassroots of an entire, uh, like you know, the, of an, it, it's it's community. It's uh, it, it's it's a religion. It, there's a pulse. It's a there's a human pulse. Uh, to football Uh, and not only in England I I think I think I don't know the specificities of it in Italy of it in Spain but all over Europe um, this is this is what football means to to people Um, and, and the fact that a 20th division team theoretically it is not impossible over 20 years to rise the ranks all the way up to You know, given I know there's logistical things with with sponsors and and financials and stadiums, but the fact that 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 isn't impossible, that any team can do it. And then again, and and this is the most extreme example, we're talking about fourth division teams playing in backyards, uh, being able to, in in five years, uh, you know, play against the likes of uh, the big boys. Uh, And and that reality is what's so sacred about the sport. Um, And to essentially, Uh, You know, for these owners to separate themselves from that history, and and to be fair, what it it makes sense. That's the worst part is that these owners are so separate from it that it it, it's not that it doesn't like when I what like like it's it's it. Well, why would they care? You know what I mean? Like that that's the worst part is it's it's not even like them dis like. You know uh, I mean I think levy should be really high like levy's the only one who really who's actually British <laughs> I mean like the rest of these dudes have literally no like Kronke probably has, has no idea that there's uh, anything less than the championship uh, so I, I I not that that makes him any less culprit but the point is just like they have no idea they, they they've never lived uh, or, or, or been through uh, the emotions and and the realities of of football uh in england and in europe so it it oh well, yeah i don't know there's that's really yeah. my like the, the saddest part um
0: on that like i think there's a great opinion article that's published in the guardian on sunday and i think it summed up well they don't love the game like this is the action of people who hate the game they hate what makes it special they hate what makes it brilliant and The randomness is exactly why, you know, a football club is not a great investment in some areas. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, even though Arsenal have never been relegated from the first division, theoretically, if they were to lose every game for the first half of the season, you would be talking about relegation battle. Like this season, you know, I know that they're a mid-table club now, but there was the moment where it was like, oh, are we about to be in a relegation scrap? And that could happen to conceivably anyone. The hating of the randomness, these actions are only done by people who don't understand or don't care about that. And that's what I make, you know, Levy is one example. I think the biggest example is like someone like Agnelli at Juventus, whose family has owned Juventus since 1924, who grew up with this, who has seen the impact of the game on his city, who's seen the impact of the game on his country, who lives like, And Juventus are a club that they play a friendly every year in like a small village outside where like kids can see Ronaldo they can you know shake Pirlo's hand they can do all these things and for him who I think you know him and Perez like look look the glazers I think are a whole other animal but him and Perez are just you know mobsters like the absolute scumbags like I don't know if you read about the stories about Agnelli, but he told the president of UEFA, I mean, he was president of the European Club Association that pushed for the Champions League reforms. He told the president of UEFA that it wasn't going to happen, like the Super League wasn't going to happen, and then turned his phone off. And like, So the president of UEFA is calling him and saying him, and the president of UEFA, who is a former prosecutor, says that Agnelli is the most dishonest man he's ever met. So like these guys are just very clearly like the blatant self-interest. And I think it's one thing to have this blatant self-interest and to just be honest about it, to be like, you know, this is a financial game. We invested billions of dollars into these clubs. You know, the Agnelli family runs one of Italy's largest corporations. You know, if you drive a Fiat or a Jeep, you are driving an Agnelli car. For them to say that it's for the good of the game, to say that they are somehow saving the sport for Perez to go out and give an interview last night where he says, you know, young people say think the games are too long. That you know, there's some that they get bored too easily. You know, the 18-year-olds that I just saw protesting outside Stanford Bridge are not concerned about making games shorter, about you know, turning this into hockey with you know, three periods and like intermissions and like musical acts in between it's like it's a total misunderstanding i don't but i don't think it's a misunderstanding i think it's malevolent i think it is an intentional trying to reframe it and look for all the Mm -hmm. terribleness of the super league i do wonder what would have happened if they hadn't bungled the pr this badly because like oh my god i don't think i've ever seen something rolled out so terribly
1: well, so terribly, but also like you have to admit, so so purposeful. Like to do this now, to do this with no fans in the stadium, to do this, um to do this when what? What? How many Premier League? There are four, four of the top six are in a ch- a UEFA semifinal. <laughs> like that. Like what? What did they think was gonna ha- And I guess they don't care because clearly they think that the the um, and clearly Arsenal doesn't give a shit about their their semifinal, which could possibly put us in the Champions League which we haven't had for four years because Cronky knows it doesn't matter that's gonna happen no matter what next season uh I, I, like the timing is disgusting uh it the whole thing is yeah it just it I don't know um I I yeah it, you 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 said it very well Chaz um and it's definitely yeah more disgusting that it there are non-American like like that that's what I keep wanting to point it towards is just a merit. Like, this is how the U S billionaires going in and being like, wait, you're telling me unlike my LA Rams where they're going to be in the NFL every single season, there's a chance that I can't make that extra $50 million profit off of UEFA money because my team might not play well. Oh, and, oh, and I, I you're telling me I should invest. Like I, I actually need to invest in order to get that champion. Like, like that's how it works is I put in money. Like, 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 the, it's just clear that like they are 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 seeing everything through how much money uh, American sports brings in, uh, and how much how the consistency to the those profits, and 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 recognizing that these aren't good business uh, ventures, and and that's what's unfortunately not surprising is when 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 all these teams were allowed when all these billionaires were allowed to purchase these clubs. When was it? it, This was inevitable. This was inevitable. I mean, there was no way that these these dudes who have always run businesses for profit and and literally nothing more than economic, uh, you know, like benefiting themselves economically. uh, They why would they why would they accept anything? You know, and especially if they they like look, no one's able to really stop them. They they clearly saw that if these twelve owners can come together. Who's gonna? I mean, like, is Boris Johnson gonna stop it? I mean, it's gonna take the fans and it's gonna take the players, but like to an extent, like that's why I kind of wish the Chelsea news hadn't come out before this podcast and that we had really dissected what the future of football was gonna be. Not that that this is, I think it still may happen with if Chelsea officially. I don't know, but like I don't know. The whole thing is 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 in shambles. Um and. Uh, yeah, it it's it just really sad. So it's, oh, I was just highlighting that, like the fact that there are like that uh, Perez and Agnelli aren't aren't American, and they've bought into that the capitalist sport model uh, that clearly these other billionaires have convinced them is is a way, uh, and that they know they can still make enough money to profit without like because they clearly know that the fan the, the fans were gonna react in this way, and they're they know that they can still go about their ways without their support their financial support are you getting yeah. updates what are
0: you <laughs> i am i am getting updates uh, apparently uh manchester city atletico madrid and barcelona are leaving the super league those are inc- the the last two are from you know i think the sources are getting incre- increasingly sketched but i think it does this does indicate that this is not going to happen and i don't think it ever would have happened but i, I do want to I think as you said that you wished we weren't that this hadn't just happened yeah I think there needs to be a look at this and from a what does this actually indicate because even if it doesn't happen the attempt was still made the fan backlash is there but these forces aren't going to go away they're not going to sell the clubs so like how did we get here and I think for all the praise I've just given Chelsea I do think that Abramovich's buying of Chelsea in 2003 is, you know, it's been talked about as a sort of seminal moment in the European game. The It was the first major billionaire purchase of a club. And it did sort of indicate that if you pump enough money into a club, you can sort of turn them into whatever you like. You know, because for all the, you know, Liverpool, you know, look, Liverpool, United, Arsenal have long been, you know, giants of the English game. Chelsea have always been around there like it's not you know Chelsea are a club that had success you know they did challenge for titles they won FA Cups they did all those things but they were never one of those established giants they had moments you know the 90s they did John Franco Zola they had Rude Hullet like they were a big club but they were not on the scale of those giant challengers and I think that you don't get Manchester City without Chelsea and you don't get the influx of money at PSG without Chelsea. And it also causes ripple effect where in order to compete, Arsenal need to be bought by Kroenke. United are bought by the Glazers. Liverpool are bought by John Henry and, and Fenway Sports Group. And so all of those things, I think, are a, a massive influx of money from people whose primary motivation for buying into football is not out of wanting to elevate your hometown club because for the most of the history of football that's what it was it was like the rich businessman from north london would buy arsenal and own arsenal yeah. and it would be like a community aspect like these are clubs that are formed by workers or laborers you know on the factory floors or trade associations or shippers or whatever it may be and that it was a community expression and the financialization of football that we see with the premier league, which is the OG breakaway late league with, yeah. you know, what sky does the relationship with sky from the day one, like those are all moments that lead us to this point. And so by sort of like this, I'm glad the European super league is falling apart as we record this podcast, but at the same time, these are all forces that are going to continue to exist. And so I do think it's important to just sort of, you know, I know you've gone off on Kroenke throughout this. You know, Abramovich has been a great owner for Chelsea Football Club's success, but, you know, he is still, you know, a very morally complicated oligarch. Um, But the criticism of the Glazers, the criticism of Levy and the money that backs Levy, the criticism of Fenway Sports Group, because even though Liverpool have had tremendous success in the last two years, you know, they're still a financial entity that is not buying the players or, like, you know, that is making decisions based on money. So I think money has taken over football. Like it is no longer a cultural game. It is no longer, but it is still like, it's still probably better than the world of the super league. But I do think that we need to talk about what would have happened if this had not happened, like, what does this mean? And so, you know, I don't know when you want to start on this, but I do think it's important to sort of talk about the main figures in this, because and I want to give you the first floor about Kroenke and his relationship with Arsenal and how it's developed for you because, you know, I know troops posted an Instagram photo yesterday about you know opposing Cronky and right there in the back at the LA, you know, at this game friendly in LA was your your face high a little, little obscured. I wish for the full full facial yeah. picture for Yeah, you. I've already
1: got the, the 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 spotlight on that one, but yeah. Um sorry, just talking about Cronki and
0: and um um did I interrupt you but you have a question? No, yeah, I just want you to talk about Cronky and like what how you know, I don't think this changes the way you feel about him. I think it only makes your criticisms even more valid. But like, where do you go in Cronky from here? And like, what does this tell you about the way he views your club?
1: Well, just quickly on the owners, I, I do think this is really interesting because it, it's really hard. It, of course, it's the owners who have done this. It's not the clubs, uh, but differentiating that is really difficult um, because who can't? Who who represents the club uh, and to what extent? I, th- I think I think. I don't know um it's just gonna be it's gonna be really interesting again uh we'll talk about this later but like the punishments because i i'm definitely intrigued as to what what that would look like but um i mean look i, I hate Cronky uh Kronke, uh when he bought uh the majority of shares off of Usmanov uh i forget what year that was i think it was like 2014 that was a big deal um, and and uh clearly he hasn't invested i mean because most of our complaints right were that Kroenke hasn't, uh, we, we all knew that he didn't, he, we, we knew because we never saw him at any Arsenal games, um, compared to, I will say compared to Abramovich and Levy, uh, and I, I don't know about the Glazers. I'm sure they don't go to many games and I don't know about, um, John Henry at Liverpool, but I believe Kroenke has been to three games at the Emirates and two FA cup finals. <laughs> I believe that's what it is. Uh, which, you know, uh, for some, for some owners, they've never been, they've never seen a game. Um, but, Clearly, he doesn't. He doesn't. Act, he doesn't. He doesn't watch football. He's got. Uh, he owns the Rams. He owns the Nuggets. He has other enterprises that he clearly finds more profitable and more entertaining because he's an American and and has no relation to it. He sees he he sees our clearly just a business uh, venture uh, and doesn't want to pour any of his own money um, into this team, which has been acknowledged by the fans uh, and for years, especially when uh, the out calls started. It was, we need to tear the entire structure of this club apart, not just Wenger. It's not just Wenger. It's Kroenke, yes. Gazidis. it's yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's been coming for a long time, but I, I think Arsenal fans were, were, it was very much jealousy that teams like, uh, you know, uh, Chelsea, teams like Man City, teams like Man U could consi- could consistently splash the cash mm-hmm. while we even though we had a billion, you know, it's not like Kroenke's poor, uh, which is we're not spending anywhere near the same amount of money. Uh, and we were using that to kind of uh, deflect from uh, the real, some other issues just that, uh, you know, we're not playing well. The manager wasn't really ideal. So, so like there, there's, there's some, there's so many issues at Arsenal. Um, and I think if anything, it just continues to highlight why Fanger was so impressive was that he got top four year in, year out with literally a B Tech squad uh, since like since 2006. That squad was literally awful. I tell, like Shamak leading the line, uh, if not Bentner, uh, followed like like whatever. The point is, the investment's never really been there. So so Kroenke's always gotten a lot of hate from that, but really it should all just stem from him not caring about the, having no connection to, the, uh, to Arsenal, um, and and that's really where a lot of the frustration has come is that there's no, there's, there's no personal connection and not that there is with some of other clubs, but that that's really where the frustration came. Um, but again, I, I think for him uh, uh, clearly uh, with, with us not getting the champions league the past three seasons uh, he's just seeing that as, as net loss, right. Purely just net loss. So this was uh, the fact that he could be included in this without uh, without any merit from the actual team uh it, it must have been a I mean I think he's is he not the vice chairman I don't really understand
0: uh who are the, the I know Perez is is the head head so thought- Perez is the president mm-hmm. and then uh Glazer and is vice president and uh Agnelli is the other vice president
1: okay I thought someone said cronky was like the vice president but I, I guess I guess not um but like it was clear that he he had a leading role in organizing this. Yes, yeah. nice, and and they all did. But but um, so yeah, I I, I think uh you know there have been tons of rumors these past year uh, of um the I forget what his name is, but the richest man in Africa is a massive Arsenal fan wants to, has been wanting to buy the club for a number of years. So uh, people were hoping that was going to be the case, but I mean. The real question for me Chaz was when I, when I was presented with this on Sunday, I I saw the only way, um, I, I thought the only way uh, this would end, um, and the only way this would end, like this would end somewhat, like the only way that we would return to normalcy or just even return, return to the frame of how we thought of football and how the football world was organized on Sunday um, was, if these, these clubs were able to somehow remove these owners because the disassociation between the owners and the club actually pinpoints that the club who is includes the fans, includes the players, includes the manager, includes, uh, includes like the infrastructure, and the owner are separate entities because, especially when we, we, we see that these players have no idea what's going on. The Players have no idea what's going on. The managers weren't are, weren't were told and are getting sent into press conferences without having yeah. any idea what they're allowed to say. Like, oh my god! Say, how how they can say it? Um, and that's what, what's really scary is that like just throwing <laughs> your club under the bus during a season. I like like so. I I was thinking that the only way we would return to normalcy is if is if some. Some higher entity, whether it's Boris Johnson, whether it's uh, UEFA, whether it's FIFA, is able to acknowledge that this is gr- this is purely efforts from these owners and can somehow force them to sell their clubs to others. And yep. that's a long term process. That's not a that's not, that's not a night. That's not something that happens overnight. But I was thinking that's the only way is that these owners are actually physically removed. So this doesn't happen again, because that's so, yeah. not, like. I don't know. I don't know if you agree, but that that was the only way I thought, and and we'll see. I I, I really don't think this that Chelsea. I think teams are. I think it's gonna fall apart, but I, I really think the repercussions are gonna are gonna be strong, and it'll, if anything, just infuse another attempt uh, of yes. state competition to happen in, in the near future. So
0: yeah, that's, my um, my understanding, or so a, a couple thoughts, and I think the first one is that I don't think the owners are backing down because they think it's a bad idea. I think they're backing down because they fucked it up so badly that they didn't get anyone on their side and that they didn't emphasize the things that they should have emphasized. Like, I think the way to make a Super League, and this is not an instruction manual, but it's just, I think the way you should do it is that you need to like, UEFA is a fundamentally like terrible organization. Like no one should be defending UEFA. So it's like, rather than being like, secretly under the table be very open about like you know we're trying to form this yada yada make it more open and i think those motivations are still going to be in place and so i think like on one hand i totally agree with you that the owners are still in place the same people that are making these decisions are still going to be making decisions but my counterpoint is also barcelona and real madrid are owned by their fans they're a hundred percent fan-owned and they're governed by people like Fiorentino Perez and Juan Laporta who make the decisions. And I think Laporta, like a little bit aside, he took over like two weeks ago. He's in like a very strange relationship. The club, like, I I feel for him. And he just said that they're not gonna do anything uh, without the socios voting on it, which is basically Barca saying we're not gonna do it. But Perez, I mean, I did not realize this he moved up the elections. There were supposed to be elections in June and he moved them up to the first week of April because he knew this was about to get announced so that he could win and get another term. Like he is like a true, just evil mastermind. Um, and he very clearly pushed this, I think along with the Blazers. And I mean, Kroenke has a long established relationship with J.P. Morgan Chase, who are financing this. Uh, they financed um, the stadium, the our LA's new football stadium and et cetera. So I think like, those are all things. But I do wonder, it's like, is there a way to make these clubs rest ownership that because the only people that can afford them, or run them, are probably not like benevolent people who think that like, the world that, that football is a game that should be preserved for the beauty of the game. And it's this sort of just, I think, crushing indictment of just capitalism's effect on soccer itself in that, yeah. You know, these people have more money than you could ever spend. Like a billion need, dollars.
1: And need more. It need, more. Like, it's like they're not even happy with owning a club. Like the privilege of owning these clubs is nothing. It's, 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 I just need, I need another boat. I need another house. That's all this is. It's just like, I need to make more money. Like I lost. But so it's like, money. it's not even,
0: yeah, it's not even like I need another house. It's like you could buy a million houses True. with a billion yeah. dollars. Like it's, it is like, I need to be, it's like this weird, like, uh, like, you know, like, it. dick measure, it's, it. yeah, it's, it's like this absurd greed that just corrodes everything it touches. And you see it from, you know, we, you know, we live in the United States and we see it, you know, with healthcare or whatever it may be, but to just see it just played out so blatantly. And then to be trying to hit behind this facade of like preserving the global game like when Perez says like football would be dead by 2024 if it wasn't for these benevolent billionaires who are you know creating these things it is an absurd proposition so I think you know it is a crushing indictment of like what the sport has come to um and just like but where we come from here is a fascinating moment
1: yeah, I just want to say one more thing. Something that's been really not well, like you know, there's there's so much to talk about. And apologies to anyone listening as to the somewhat disorganized nature of it. But there's just it it, it ah. uh, but I, I think something that's really been frustrating for me Chaz, is, um, one knowing that that, uh, like, a lot of Americans don't really care, uh, and that this this if anything, um, especially for probably new new football fans, like the, the attachment to uh, the, the fundamentals of football slash even an understanding of the history of football is just not there to the extent where like this league sounds in, in entertaining, right? Because it is entertaining. Like, I, I think yep. no one can I, like disagree with that. Um, I just think it's been really sad how little coverage. Uh, I mean, I, I'm looking at the ESPN Instagram right now, right? Like this is war, we're, we're, we're we are literally talking about an entire sport, the most played sport in the entire world crumbling almost essentially crumbling uh, and I, I think it might dissolve but like potentially crumbling on sunday uh and and how we appreciate it and none of uh, I, I, okay i'm not going to speak for too many but i'm looking at instagram like espn's instagram nothing not a single word on on the creation of a super league and i think it's because america knows that this is what like, like, this is, I mean, it, it's just a damning, it's a damning, again, you're right, Barcelona's from the club, Real Madrid's from the club, Juventus is, is, is non-American, but I, I think America has had so, has had a, a huge role, especially with how we run, we've created the the structure for how you make, how you, how you make sports into a, a business, and um, we're essentially just replicating that, Yeah. Uh, and so I like I, I'm definitely looking into a little bit much uh, uh, or, you know, definitely looking into the fact that some of these uh, pages haven't haven't uh, talked about this. But like it is pretty ridiculous how, how little coverage I, I know the New York Times ran an article and, and, and definitely, definitely the, the newspapers have have talked about it. But I mean, we're still I, I watched I hopped on ESPN just to see if if SportsCenter talked about it. And it was, it was one of the smallest issues I kept talking. I mean, the NFL draft took up 80% of uh, the, you know, like the, w- w- what they were talking about. I don't know. It, it just, that's also been really frustrating is like the, it, it feels like unless you, unless you were, you were like you and I, right. Who, who, who have been following this for more following a team for more than five years. It's kind of like, this is, this is pretty sweet. This is, uh, I mean, I, I just think it, it, it really uh, lays testament to what us as Americans. I mean, I don't know. I just uh, that that's just I just feel awful. I really do feel awful. It, and, yeah. and the fact that it's, it's crossed the Atlantic and it's always been there. I think we have to highlight that the money in football has been there for the past decade, if not like multiple decades. Um, but to like to see it literally, you know, rebel against everything that the the sport stands for uh yeah it's just damning it's damning
0: yeah i think like i mean there were a bunch of like absolute dumbass americans on twitter who were like Mm -hmm. saying like oh well i've never understood why there's like a bunch of random like why the teams you hear about play against the random teams it's like because you know we are so used to just these clear like these closed systems that are just so bad for the fans because you know Look, like Cronky moved the Rams from St. Louis. Like, you know, and when this happens in the UK and when like MK Dons moved from Wimbledon Don, Wimbledon to Milton Keynes, they like lost their fans. They the fans built a new club. But like, you know, American fans would never built the St. Louis like c- Citizens of Rams or something. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not the same thing and it's, you know, it is such a I think ignorance and it's not all, it's not all nefarious. It's not all like mean spirited, but it's an ignorance of just like the importance as of the sport as culture, and also as just demonstrative of the openness and the opportunity, like, cause it is, as you were talking about earlier, the ability for, you know, a fourth division team to beat, you know, a first division team in the FA Cup or to get promoted and you know, end up playing like a, you know, at Old Trafford but also for like you know a great season by Leicester to mean that they have an away night at Barcelona in the midweek for Istanbul memories um, Memories. (laughs) and just emotion and just all of those it is like an absurd just bastardization um of the sport it is yeah
1: so yeah. you want to, Chaz? Uh, uh, not to transition. I, I, I mean, there's so much to talk about. I think I'd love to and I'm sure you would too. Just maybe again, is like look at if we hadn't heard what we had heard in the past hour, what it would have looked like. Whether players, what, 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 what would this have done uh, if it had gone through? And, and look, I, I, I just, uh, I, I just was briefly on Twitter while you were talking. Uh, Chris Wheatley reminded everyone that Paris said these these clubs have signed a contract they cannot pull out. Uh, he said it, Perez last night said, this is binding. Uh, of course, I'm sure there are legal ways to get around that point being like, we don't, we don't know the full story. Has Chelsea released in a, a club statement? I don't, I don't think any, anything, no. it's all reporting at the moment. And, and I think clubs are, are realizing that they've made a big mistake and are, are trying to get out of it. So I, I don't think there's, you know, fall, fallacies in, in what, what, what we're, what we're saying, but point being, um as you, as you stated uh it's 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 15, 15 teams two uh two two, bra- two team isn't it like two sets of 10 the top 3 yep. uh are automatically inserted into a playoff bracket and the 4 and 5 seed play a uh, aggregate matchup yeah something yeah i think something like that yeah place but let's look like let's look at a, a pretend dem- these clubs all get rid all get kicked out of their domestic leagues right they, mm-hmm. the, the players of these, uh, I think my first question for you, which I think is the big one is, um, when I heard that there are threats and, and pretty uh, substantial threats uh, to prevent players who are part of these teams in this league from playing for their international teams, e- even threats to prevent them from playing as soon as the Euros this summer, um, I was like, oh, it's, it's not going to happen. There's no way. These players are going are, are gonna to simply not play. I mean, I, I, if, if anything, when I, if I was a player, the World Cup or the Euros means for me probably millions times, not millions yeah. times more, but is much more meaningful than me playing for a club for money. Um, and I think that was me being wishful thinking. It was like, that's it. That's the red line. There's no way these players are going to, to, uh, to play in a league that prevents them from representing the national team. And I was listening to the Kickoffs uh, uh, podcast on this last night, and they were saying, when you think about how much money this league is going to have, and how much more money these teams are going to have to be able to play these, pay these players wages that no other team in any other domestic league can can afford, uh, and and pay prices for players that no other team's going to be able to afford, all the best players from from. You know the the rest of the Premier League, the rest of the Italian League, the rest of the Spanish League are just going to want to play in the Super League because they're going to be paying being paid, you know, multiple times worth the wages of 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 their counterparts. Uh, and will will like? Do you think players would pick the money over over football? Uh, like to what extent do you do? I I, I faith I, I thought that you know there's no you know that 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 that's the end of it, but I, I realized that it's still a career look I mean if you're going to be paid five times as much as you would at this one club and play against all the best players with all the best players it will will the is the national team a deterrent I think it is but I I, I'm wondering what you think of that because that was clearly the big when you saw that it was like oh my god there's no way there's no way
0: yeah so I think that for me I think as we talked about earlier, the, the players and the managers were put into a, an impossible situation because yeah. yeah, I think the players especially, because look, most footballers come from families that are not well off. You know, it is a sport that everyone has access to with a ball and your career is optimistically, optimistically, if you're like a, for the, a select few, they get what, you know, like 15 years at the top flight, if you are a great player. So in those 15 years, you have the opportunity to make as much money as you can to support your family, to send money back home, to, you know, secure a livelihood for yourself, because, you know, you probably haven't been going to school a lot. You know, you haven't, it's not something that translates well into other careers. You might go into coaching, but not that many do. So, all those things are stuff. And so if you, if in a European super league format, when you, if these clubs are now being uh, kicked out from their domestic leagues, then, and those TV contracts are decimated because that's what would happen if, you yeah. know, if the best clubs in the world were all playing in one league and, you know, their top teams are Everton and Southampton, like, you know, which are great story clubs, you're not going to get the same TV deals. Why would you play for a club that can pay you a fifth, a tenth, whatever that may be, just so you can play in the World Cup? And that was my thinking before, like when I first saw this news. And I was like, I feel, I feel so much for the players because look, like I am always on like the player side in almost anything. Like I do not complain about players' wages because I think, you know, we talk about the billionaires are making so much money, the least that they could do is pay the players. It has ramifications, but whatever it may be. But that's what I think has been so inspiring by, you know, like Bruno Fernandez post, post posting like dreams can't be by on his Instagram story, which I thought like one thing I read was like, it's such broken English that it's very clearly him and not his PR manager, yeah. like, like his being. And, you know, Harry Maguire going out and speaking, you know, James Milner, Jordan Henderson calling his meeting, You know, the players actually standing up for what they believe in and actually saying, you know, look, you can have this product, but I don't think that people are going to tune in to these clubs if they don't have the best players. And I think that was a big bluff on their call, because in an American sport, like, let's say, you know, every NFL player struck. People would still probably watch because there's not a competition. And there's not another league. So they could always be like, well, we're the dominant football league. And you don't need to know that to watch the NFL. Yeah. So I do think that there is something, you know, courageous in this. And I do think it had a, like, I think the fan outrage was one thing. And the level of fan outrage on this was incredible, like truly incredible to see. But the players sticking up for the game, sticking up for, you know, what they love, the you know leads players last night you know out in you know earn it shirts about the champions league it, it was it's a moment of the players really sticking up for the game so um i mean you know i think it's an impossible situation but i think that was a huge moment yeah yeah no yeah that, that was and, oh i see and i see you've got some news
1: yeah arsenal just apparently have joined the, the bunch um which I guess is encouraging. I just don't really know what to think about it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, the whole thing, the whole thing. Um, I, I wonder what, what do you my, – my big question is, again, the, just did I watch my last ever Arsenal game in good faith? That was the big – that was where the emotion started hitting, was I just watched yeah. Arsenal tie Fulham and was completely unaware – that my perspective well I, again we'll see this is again me being somewhat dramatic but my the headspace of of actually caring about Arsenal caring about our position caring about our win caring about the future of my club um I, I mean I, I was texting friends I think like the, the big thing for me was if you were to ask me in 50 years I'm sure Charles will agree what my life would look like the one thing I could tell you that yep. was what happen was I'd be watching Arsenal every weekend. That's literally, I've literally would have, I don't know whether I'd be married. I don't, know, I don't know anything. I don't know. My life could turn out, I could be dead for all I know. But if there was one thing that I could guarantee is that in a certain amount of years, I I will have Arsenal to look forward to on a Saturday or Sunday morning at 4am. That, that's literally all, all I can, all I can guarantee. So when that was threatened, the fact that, uh, and it still might be like, again, I, <laughs> we're talking 50 years. I'm sure this will happen at some point. So like, that's, that, that's also something thing I think we, we got to acknowledge, but uh, that was where it really hit. And I was like, Holy shit. I, I mean, uh, cause people were kind of jokingly being like, Oh, what's, you know, what team are you going to support now? Right. Chaz? Like you're going to be a Newcastle fan. You're going to be a, a Burnley, a Burnley Burnley bro. Uh, kind of like, wait, I mean, we're talking about Gary Neville saying uh, Burnley, I'm going to be a top <laughs> fan. Like, Is he not? And I know, like, it was just like, kind of like, is he, are we, are are all these professionals not reconciling with the fact that the team, they've, I mean, they've, like, like people like Gary Neville and, 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 uh, Jamie Carragher, they've not, they've been supporting that team since they were born, they've played for that
0: team. I mean, like, I just can't believe... Well, that- Jamie Carragher, Jamie Carragher's is famously an Everton fan growing up, but yeah.
1: Well, okay, sure, sorry, it's so not Jamie, but... Uh, no, no, no,
0: but yeah, uh, but no, I,
1: I totally agree. Like, like, where's the emotion? I mean, like, that was just, it was just, I've just lost my team. I've just lost my team. And I don't know whether, I, I, I still might. I, I Like, I don't know what the, what the retribution from this is. Uh, And I think my question for you, Chaz, is, well, yes, I think you can definitely be proud of your team being the first to leave. Uh, And we'll see what, whether that will be a big deal in terms of punishment, whether Chelsea will get all, let off a little bit, because as you said, they weren't really the head organizers and they were the first to, I mean, again, reportedly pull out like nothing official has been, has, has, has happened, but um, what are you, what's your headspace going into whether like, if, if you're not going to be able to get rid of a like, like hopefully that hopefully the answer is that the clubs now all fan bases, if this doesn't go through, go through extreme efforts to get rid of their owners and find replacements. I think that that has to be the next step. And I think it will be the next step, but because like you said, you got to find someone who's going to pay what $6 billion for uh, an Arsenal or Chelsea like that. that, They they aren't there. What is, what is the future of like, like, I mean, I'm sure you've questioned that recently, but even with reality, are you going to be, What's it going to be like? Watch, I mean, when's the Burnley, uh, the, the Brighton Chelsea game? Is that in 10 well, minutes? Yeah, are they postponed? It, it,
0: the... it got pushed back to the 15, but yeah, okay. Um, so look, weirdly, this is where like oligarchs are actually sort of good, and like I hate to say that, but like you know, the oligarchs who run Manchester City and Chelsea they don't really care about making money, which is like this. You know, I think like joining the Super League was just sort of like this. You know, if, I like, not to, look, they had tremendous agency. They could have said no, like Bayern and PSG did. And I think Bayern and PSG, they said no for some complicated reasons. <laughs> I, I don't think that they are totally benevolent in all of this. I think, like, the influence of Cutter and the fact that BN Sports owns the international broadcasting rights for the Champions League had a lot yeah. to do with this. But yeah. they are just sort of there. And like, they just want their team to be playing the best teams. And I honest to God think that both of them do love their clubs. And like, I think Manchester City, Sheik Mansour, he's invested a tremendous amount of money in Liverpool and in, in the, not Liverpool and the city and like programs. And I do think that for me, the way to deal with those owners is different than the way that you have to approach something like the Glazers, because I think of all the owners in English football, I you know Kroenke's bad. The Glazers are perhaps the most parasitic. Yeah. Like they have used Manchester United as a debt leverage mechanism to extract tens of millions of dollars for their family, plunge the club into hundreds of million dollars of debt that did not exist prior to the reign for zero major successes in the last decade. Like the fact that in, you know, when we started watching Manchester United, that they were a force to be reckoned with. And now that they are buzzing to get second, wow joe glazer literally pretends like he is benevolent to football while never going to games as you were talking about earlier yeah. and the fact that someone like edward woodward who is a banker that they put in charge of a football team shows you everything that you need to know so i think like concerted fan efforts i would personally like i think i would love for all of those owners to be gone i don't think that you're ever going to get an abramovich or a, you know manchester city out but it does feel like one possible situation just like for like ultra rich people that don't care about profits to buy them which i feel like cannot be the lasting solution like i don't want every team well, like to be owned of, by some like yeah. oligarch but yeah
1: what do you think there's any we could the the Bundesliga's 51 model uh can be applied uh to, to the Premier league where um, yeah i think the like i think h- the how would that work how how, how could we implement that I mean, again, it would, it would take getting rid of some of these owners, 100%. But um, I mean, that seems like a model that. Whoa! Least...
0: Ed Woodward is out as chairman of Manchester United. <laughs> what? Oh
1: my God. Oh my God. I've has resigned as chairman. Holy. Yeah, no worries. You can, that, that's worth it. Sorry. Talking. Dude, <laughs>
0: that's insane. What is going Dude, on? This
1: is like the perfect time to record this podcast. I mean, we are literally witnessing. Uh football history. No, football history. While,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, technically on air, but um, oh my god, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I just, yeah, I feel like there's no answer without the owners, and I just don't know. Like, like, will I ever be able to? I don't. I don't think I'll be able to be. Eh, I'll ever be able to wear an, like to buy an Arsenal kit again. Like, how could I ever financially support this club again? Like, you, like, like. Just stuff like that i don't know about like that 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 that's really like where do we go from here um yeah
0: i, I think- oh oh i am like i i do think that's the last same thing and i think that this is something that the fans should push for is that the finances of this game have been so like the fact that look a new kit is a 120 dollars or something like a new official kit that if we want to go see our club play that we have to shell out so much money and i think as americans we sort of get clouded by this because the cabal of the NFL and the NBA has already done this and has made tickets so expensive, sort of the beauty of baseball because you can pay 10 bucks and like sit in the nosebleeds and like baseball is I think, a very accessible sport in this regard because there's, you know, 182 games during a season, but like prices are through the roof. And in Germany, the 50 plus one model is allows fans to have a bigger say and to push back against that. So like, I think my ideal is that it allows, you know, corporate investment, you know, Bayern Munich have a lot of investment from Adidas and Audi and companies like this that allows them to be a bigger club. You know, Dortmund have long standing corporate connections, you know, like Wolfsburg at the VW money, whatever it may be, but it is better, it is better. And even like Leipzig were like super league too, too much for us. And they're literally like an advertising thing for an energy drink company. So I do think that is more important. And I do think that, like, this does make, you know, but it does show even if that it didn't go through that, like, they're not on our side. That the fans are an oppositional force, and that it's a fight that needs to continue.
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, just to not wrap it up, but uh, as a, as a, we should definitely just make sure we talk about this. Um, what. What, what are you thinking are now uh, – this clearly is going to fall through. I don't think there's any way this now goes through, which is kind of crazy because I don't think a single person was saying it yesterday. Everyone was like, the, the owners knew the repercussions. There's no way they didn't anticipate this, uh, especially um, with the fact that they, 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 they timed this perfectly with the fact that fans can't react in person. Um, you know, like just they aren't in stadiums. Um, what are the repercussions now? If this goes through, if all these teams drop out or not drop out, but like, uh, uh, you know, act as if they were never a part of, not never a part of it, but but you know, basically, yeah, they, if these teams drop out, what do you think is a proper punishment? Um, and what does, I think you kind of talked about, but with those repercussions, what is the future of you supporting? Like, cause that's that's my question is, I hope it's pretty severe. Um, I think what it will be, Chaz, and and, and again, I, I think we're highlighting that none of this is confirmed. <laughs> no one has any idea what the Premier League is going to do, and and how much authority the Premier League has to do any of uh to do any of these measures. But um, I think, Chaz, that all these teams will get will be removed from all UEFA competitions for the next year, at least, if not a couple of years. Um yeah
0: but like that, I think part there,
1: of it that, that UEFA is going to go the hardest UEFA is 100% going to go to the
0: hardest on on uh, these So two. I agree but I do wonder if like part of it is like that you know like not to be like sound hypocritical and self-serving but I do think that like the clubs that like UEFA was like okay here is what would happen if you do this and then dropped out would be given more leniency than like Juventus or Real Madrid. Cause like those like-, well, like you Can
1: can you think you can make those exceptions? Nah, no, I probably like, can't.
0: Like, okay, I, I was just really can't, excited can't for the can't. semifinal. <laughs> What'd you say? I was just really excited <laughs> for the semifinal. I mean,
1: I mean, but like that's what's heartbreaking, Chaz. Like, I mean, not that the, the Europa League semifinal is very different than your guys' competition, but like still, we're, we're, like we actually had a chance. Like why wouldn't you just wait to see if we qualify the Champions League? Then you get your like, 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 I don't know. I, I, get why. I guess because no one has any faith in Arsenal. I'm gonna stop talking about Arsenal, but like that was really
0: sad. Chelsea, Chelsea are doing really well this season. We could <laughs> have won. Like, I'm not saying we could have won the Champions League, but like technically we could have won the Champions League. Dude, you had
1: a route. I, I, I definitely think you were probably favorites to get to the final. I, I, I'll definitely say that. And, and so like, and no offense, but I, I do think that. And, and, and again, I, if I was in a Champions League final, I'd probably be even more frustrated. But there's no way they can let these teams get away with it. I just think like, what are the repercussions? Cause I think we have to like that. That's the big question right now is uh, it's all good and and jolly that they, these teams finally decided to get their act together and and pull out and solve this reaction. But uh, one, they're going to come back. And two, what, I mean, how do you, how do you prevent them from coming back? What, 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 I mean, I, I, I think the, the biggest thing that I was hearing at the, at the tipping point of, the fear revolving around all this was that these teams were going to get the Premier League was going to react by trying to relegate these teams, uh, and, and again, not in any. There's no. There's no fact to any of this. I, there was just rumors that that would. That's the most severe um, outcome. If anything, um, uh, some were saying that some were quoting some form of not legislation, but something in in the Premier League's laws that if a team breaks. Uh, a certain amount of rules or something that the uh relegation to to division five relegation to division five is the most severe punishment a team can face uh for for actions i don't think that's gonna yeah i I,
0: I don't think i i don't think the premier league is going to take action against these teams um really don't jesus yeah i I don't know
1: but do should i hope not like that's the other thing is it me it's me being an arsenal fan saying "I, i hope not right like, yeah. Let's try to separate ourselves from our clubs for a second. Like, it's me hoping that there's a return to normalcy that's hoping that this will all get brushed under the bed uh, and not exist. But, okay. if we're
0: actually. Separating from, in, yeah.
1: Separating it. Hoping for the future of football. Sorry, just last thing. Like, yeah. then we should be hoping that it's bad. It, it should be the all of our teams, no, no UEFA league, no Europa league, or, you know, like, just like no UEFA competitions and, and maybe even further sanctions in the Premier League I don't I'm not calling for Arsenal to get relegated or City to go to the second division but what's going to stop them I mean that would that would be drastic in terms of financial uh, financials you know what I mean and I, I think they I think they have the authority to do it do they I, I, these are all the questions I don't know
0: yep I think you know if we're taking fans out of them like fuck them make them pay this is you know they tried they failed but they shouldn't get away with it Um, and that even though you know i think they ended up making the right decision i do think that there should be some ramifications whether it's financial i think that would be a great way just like you know cut their this like prize distributions at the end of the season give more money to the 14 that didn't um you know i i don't know what point deductions would honestly do like because like would that be
1: this season like is that what they're saying just like so just to like give I, like that yeah i agree that 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 i mean i don't like as an Arsenal fan i quietly don't give a shit like as long as we don't get really well as long as the point deductions don't relegate us i, I like it doesn't really matter to us but.
0: yeah i will say big picture big winners psg and Bayern munich but especially psg because he's still on uh uh the uefa committee he like they came out of this looking great like i think this is the biggest win for psg's international credibility and ever like now they look like the good guys Same with Bayern.
1: uh Same with Bayern. i and, mean like Bayern's and no, oh and
0: germany looks incredible yeah
1: um oh, what a is, moment like, i'm wondering chaz also i just have so many questions and again if you want to if you, if, if you got to go or if time wise um
0: yeah i gotta go in a couple minutes but yeah
1: but um uh what uh what this will look like for um oh what was i saying uh for PSU, like 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 as you were saying, Chelsea and Man City, you feel were pushed into this. Look at imagine if they hadn't joined. Like, and I don't know if it would have gone through if all the top if, if one of the top six clubs didn't. I think that's yeah. probably crucial to their inclusion. But can you imagine if one of the top six was like, This isn't us, and they still went through with it? How much good PR like like it's not like that didn't go through these dudes' minds. Like that's the worst part. Is like that had to have been. Yeah, a part. Was that geez. When Man U was like, we're doing this. When And, and I think Kroenke was at, at, at the head. So I'm not acting like Arsenal I'm just kind of drawn into it. But I would imagine Spurs, Chelsea, and uh, City were probably the three who were, were told about it and were like, that sounds really good, but you know, we're still iffy about it because it's, it's ruining football. Um, like, they had the – I do think they had the opportunity. I, 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 unless they literally – I mean, unless it's further corruption and they were paid extra to join – I mean, the amount of good PR that they, they—they would be the heroes of of English football right now if one of those teams didn't join, 100%. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's it's bad that they didn't. It. It's really bad that they didn't. And I think that. Just, I, I think you know, I think we'll talk again in a couple of days to see. Yeah. What the total fallout of this? But just, um, I mean, wow. What a like. What a fucking moment. What a last hour of just absolute chaos. And we started this with, I mean, ten minutes before recording this, the Super League was going through. A minute into recording this, the Super League was threatened, and now it looks like it's totally falling apart. Um, so, I think that the lasting ramifications this is going to be huge. I think the what UEFA decides on Friday in their meeting is going to be huge, um, and uh, just like what this means for football. I, I don't think football is ever going to be the same. I think that it was already that like the warning signs were there, but what a moment.
1: Yeah, and I'll just end by saying uh, this is not, and I think we could do do a whole other episode acknowledging all the wrongs within FIFA and UEFA and the Premier League that exist uh, and, and to highlight yes. football in general, all of football is corrupt uh, and, and deeply, deeply flawed and requires massive reforms, but, um, this clearly isn't the answer, uh, and I think, if anything, we're just talking of a lesser of two evils, uh, and yep. that, that's, uh, that's sad, but one at, at least understands some of the history and chooses to acknowledge it, and one doesn't, and I think that,
0: uh, that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, I think, Yeah. Just what a moment. What a moment. And that's all I can say. I'm like honestly like a little lost for words, forward second since the last hour. Like the fact that Ed Woodward is out the Glazer. I read a reported that the Glazers might be forced to sell, just total that, ramification.
1: That's what it has to be. Like this is what this is what the, yeah, the agreed. You don't have to turn into this. You have to sell your club. Uh, at least for as an speaking of Arsenal, I think Abramovich and Crock are different. But the last thing I'll say is like that's what this needs to be now. You yep. can't just be like oh, it's okay. It didn't happen. It has to be itself. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, Turner, thank you so much for joining, uh, and for your listening. Thank you so much for listening along with us. It's truly been a spectacular hour of uh, news and information, and we hope to see you again next time. Uh, I mean, I'm sort of out of breath from that one.
1: I just there's so many. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much, but yeah, that was great. Um, all right. You thank you.
0: And we'll see you guys soon.